You're listening to the Comic Crusaders Podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, CEO of Comic Crusaders and Undercover Capes. In this show, I'm sitting down with creators from all walks of life to talk about inspiration, process, the lessons they've learned, and a whole lot more. Welcome to your brand new Comic Crusaders podcast. And today, I'm going to be talking to a fellow geek, a fellow podcaster, a fellow vidcaster. Homie is a, a, an uber geek, a pleasure to meet him through PodMatch. A big shout out to, to the other Al from PodMatch. Let me introduce the one only from MC Anime, the one only Mason Cologne. Wepa. How you doing, brother? Pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing awesome, bro. Thank you for coming on and and sharing in your geekdom with us today, so we could geek out and and, and talk about the stuff that we love. So, uh, yeah, so, I want to embrace the geekhood and be here for you. Awesome! There we go. So, talk about talk about it, Mason. Let us know a bit about yourself. Where you originally from, and what was your first love in fandom? Ooh. Um, so I'm originally from uh, Virginia as an audience, so that's in the States. And a little bit about my first fandom that I first loved was Pokemon. I grew up as a child with the games, with my Nintendo Color and also DS system. And actually throughout the years got more upgrades through the games, so played various generations First Pokemon game was Pokemon Yellow Special Pikachu Edition. Ever right. since then, I'm a huge avid fan of the gaming and then start watching more of the anime. I watched more of the anime as a child, but okay. I pretty much caught up with everything with the anime wise. All right, so how do you feel about, you know, the, the ending now that Pika, you know, Pikachu and Ash have accomplished their mission? Do you think it was a truthful ending as a fan of the original? I think he has a proper standing as an ending to sell off the character that has been developing for 20 years. Okay. And I have actually talked about this in a, in a podcast episode with another special guest in the, the legacy of Ash and Pikachu. So really? I, I, I did a proper send-off, so I, <laughs> I approved them doing how they did it. Oh, excellent, excellent. So talk about then you being a fan of all this stuff as a young man. Were you alone in your fandom, you know, in collecting all this, or did you have a wolf pack, a tribe, if you will? Um, I didn't really establish the wolf pack tribe mentality until high school. Okay. Uh, so what kind of I was, like, branching out with, I had two, two kind of identities. One was film communication, so I was in TV TV announcements, oh, nice. doing awful levels. So that was <laughs> my inner fandom with my class and the people that were there with me all four years. So we had a little group together in that, and then the various clubs I did. So volunteering, and then I think probably the one of the first like fandom base was a board game club. So I was about a that for like two or three clubs. years. So, I mean, that was probably, like, the first start to, like, because I, like, I had a family fan who did a lot of board games. So, that kind of what started that kind of having oh, yeah, that tribe. 
at the house, you know, when I was a kid, the family would play board games. We would play trouble a lot, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that, that, that's how they taught me how to bet. Cause you would play with, you know, with pennies, especially with snatcher. You have to pay like a oh, snap, you know. You <laughs> yeah. bet on it and bingo. <laughs> a lot of the games that we have is like Settlers of Catan, uh, Ticket to Ride. Uh, oh, okay, those type of games. Gotcha. Yeah, my, yeah, my family next level, man. used you, to own a uh, uh, what, <laughs> my family friend Dan used to own a uh, board game shop. Oh, so wow. he had access to 20 plus years as a shop owner and selling Ooh. games and board tabletop gaming. So cool. I had some serious games. And then when I was a child, my mom would actually have an entire basket, laundry basket, full of board games, and I would go to board game club with her. So my it extended for my family, and then I found the tribe in high school. Okay, bet, bet. So how how was that finding your tribe finally and a clique that enjoy what you enjoy? It was very exciting because every single time that board game club came once a week. I would stay after school to do it and, you know, play it. Just, you know, we did like like a sort of like a D&D campaign made on yeah. characters. And we had like a set out and stuff like that. Oh, and then we played like Boss Monster. We had like, you know, some games that we had in person and then some games we bought from home as well. Okay. So it was just a mixture of like just – having a group to play games with was actually fun. And this kind of later went down when I was in college when I found Anime Club. Okay. All right, Beth. So before we get into that, before we get into Anime Club, since you mentioned D&D, <laughs> did you watch the new movie? And if so, what did you think of it? I have not watched the new movie. Okay. I do think it's an interesting take with among others uh, among Honor of Thieves, so I see a lot of potential. I do want to watch it, just haven't found, I guess, the niche to just go watch it. Gotcha, gotcha. Get it done, kiddo, because I definitely want to know what you, you think. All right, so when did you find Anime Club? Was that also in high school? And, and, and that was so, in college. That was in college. So how did you even discover it? I mean, yeah, I know you were already a fan of Pokemon, so that's anime, but when you talk about Anime Club, like what happened there? What, what did you discover new that, that, you know, increased your interest and now obviously inspired a podcast that we'll get into in a moment? Um, so what increased my interest in Anime Club was the convention culture, uh, actually. I started volunteering for conventions and that became my new volunteer oh, hobby. Wow, cool. So well, I would literally what, what spend my... Some of the conventions was like Galaxy Con, uh, oh, nice, Mall Con, nice. Uh, I hit up. I planned my own convention with the club, con- Rental Con. I also did like Raven Con. Um, I hit up a lot of local in my area type conventions, Superstar oh. Anime. Uh, uh, so new- the area is popping, yeah. huh? With conventions, the scene is hot over there. Yeah, we have in our, my area. We have DC, which is a really big hot ticket for anime conventions. We have we have some in Richmond, 
this starting out, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, all in that area also have big conventions. It has a big convention scene. Well, excellent, excellent, excellent. So what was your first convention and, and what was that like for you? Oh, my first convention. Um, I think my first convention was probably, probably Galaxy Con. It might have been Galaxy Con or one of the smaller conventions. Okay. Okay. So, so how, how did you enjoy it? my first convention. Comic Con in Richmond. It was my local Comic Con. Okay. So what was the experience That's like? That's what got for you? me started. That was really good. Even though I spent more than I wanted to because it was only vendors. That was the only entertainment you had. <laughs> Going around and spending your money. That's the entertainment. Spending it, finding your gems. I get <laughs> you. I've I went to a con not too long ago, my friend, and I said, Okay, I'm here to t- get footage. My ass. I walked out with three bags worth of stuff. I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I never walked with that much, but you know, given you know how I was expressing with it, I start going to more anime conventions once a month to actually pull out entries for my blog. Because okay. MC Anime was a blog before it became a podcast. All right. So talk about that then. You know, what what is how did you even build the blog? Was it a learning curve? What was that all about when you started it? Um so the idea behind the blog actually started from Anime Club, funny enough. I started wanting to post personal Post on Facebook. I mean, I already did post on Facebook, you know, my life, what I'm doing, stuff like that. But I start posting more anime stuff. But I realized that I was isolating the people who are on my Facebook account, my friends and my, you know, family, classmates, teachers. Most of them are not into anime. So I kind of branched off. And to actually have my own Facebook page set up for my own blog. Okay. And that's when I start posting to Facebook groups more and more. And then that's when I start spreading out to more social media and actually posting on the social media. I think at one time I had, what, 15 different platforms that I was posting all in one night. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that, that, that kept you busy, I'm guessing. Yeah, I got to, like, 200 plus entries, but at that point, it was very time consuming in, you know, what I'm going to write about, editing, creating a collage of a like cover art of my own design, and then put it all together on the different platforms. And some of the platforms were only images, so I would take a entire screenshot of the entire paragraphs that I wrote for the blog and then post it as a picture, like Pinterest <laughs> or Flickr. It was interesting. Yeah, well, Pinterest is hot. People be underestimating the power of Pinterest. Pinterest be crazy. My traffic there be insane. I'm like, I wish I had the traffic on my website that I would get on Pinterest. Let me tell you, because they, they, they murder it. I love it. Pinterest do good, but a picture of several paragraphs, not so much. It's like yeah. people still like look at it, but like they want a picture and then have a 
a summary underneath. That's what they like. Yeah, that's what I say, man. What I I, I would say you do is, is you know like crop the picture and put yeah a, 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 just a little bit a tease of one of the lines dot 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 read the rest at boom you know and, and your website right there you put that website right there then people just go boom and they see what they see that's how you market it. you got to tease man you got to be like a strip boy man you know mason you got to get on the pole and dance for them with your content you know tease them with it you know what i mean well, and get it, get Facebook makes it really easy to post a picture and then post the, the captions or the description underneath. So that concept pretty much does most of the platforms that I use when I upload the picture with Man, the uh, I, I would put it right on it. I mean, I would edit it myself when I put it on the picture so everybody sees it. Not, not yeah, just Because, again, people see an image, but a lot of people won't read. You know, it, it is called engagement for a reason, right? You know what I mean? So the, the, the picture got yeah. it. So at the very least, I think if you put up the picture with the verbiage on it, uh, you know, now they've seen it with what the hell you mean, with the message as opposed to them just looking at an image and then most likely they're not even going to read what you wrote and, and, and scroll up because they already saw the image. Believe you me, that's, True. Like, that's people's attention span, man. Come on, I've been doing this for a minute. <laughs> I think... I think I have a better success with uh, the podcast cover art that I use because uh, it has the logo, it has the episode, it has the special guest, it has the gra- the banner at the bottom. So it it gives a, a really good feeling. If they're really interested, they will go, you know, like it, whatever. You know, even if you like post a short summary, they tend to like the short summary and like it on social media. So that's kind of how that builds up. So talk about that that change from the blog to doing, you know, a, a podcast now. I mean, what encouraged uh, you to yeah. finally, you know, make the change and transition? Um, the transition, the blog got too much. Um, so I put the blog on side for, you know, a year, some change. This is also when COVID hit, so it's less motivating to do it. Okay. Um, I started live streaming. I got the idea to do about like 20 so live streams on Facebook Live. Okay. Where I want to do older blogs and actually talk about it in a PowerPoint setting. That was my live stream. That was less what I wanted to do because I'm still more preparing the PowerPoint slides for the visual aid because at the time, that's when I got my webcam. Okay. I was only limited to me showing my face and not showing anything else or showing the visual A, which is the PowerPoint. So I showed the PowerPoint, which was probably boring, but I didn't have a split screen option. So, oh, well, I did that for a little bit. Didn't want to do it anymore because there's still a lot of work. And then after the fact, I was actually in a VTuber channel, YouTube. They started a podcast, and then I watched a couple of the episodes of the podcast. I was like, hmm, why can hmm. I do this? Okay. I could do the same thing and put my own spin on it because I already did with the blog. So I'm, oh, what do you have an idea how I'm going to do it? So let's do it like that. Okay. So that's when I launched MCMA podcasts like uh, Anime Geek Culture, Cosplay Manga. Stuff like that. And then I yeah. rebranded 
into anime, geek culture, Asian studies, and Japanese aesthetics. Ooh, all right. So I made about it, that. I had a very good co-host that I found on Indeed that actually applied that wanted to do it. Um, she helped me with the website, so I have my own website because of that. And Beautiful. the rebranding was like the potential launching of the website. So I had to make everything uniform on all social media, Pinterest, Facebook, everything. And the that's what those four talking points for what my podcast is about started from the relaunching. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So what inspired you to share that type of history, though, within the podcast now? Because you, you went from geek culture to also want to educate. So where's that inspiration from? Um, I'm really, I've always been like a big history buff. When it comes to different discoveries, American history, world history, even took some uh, Asian civilization in college. So I was really interested in the actual history of it. Of course, with you know Japan, when you go like you think of the Edo period, the the rise of the samurai, the Meiji period, you have different elements where. It was all different. The isolation—you have all these the isolationism, Western powers, World War Two, going sparking up the propaganda for anime to the United States. So you have all kinds of stuff. So I wanted to like capitalize on some of that and actually bring it to the podcast scene. Excellent, excellent. Look at you, brother, making moves. So what's the overall all right, so what's the overall learning curve you had now building a YouTube channel? What was that like for you? Or has been so far? Um it's been interesting. Um I had to <laughs> yeah. find a way it's very too building I had to find a way to backlog my content, but also have a video instead of audio. So the way I found it was reactive images. Reactive images are the ones that move, and I have to have a custom wavelength that goes with my audio and have a moving background. So that's how I devised that setup. So I have my graphic designer who makes my cover art actually post the uh, video for the YouTube. I posted about 10 so far, but I need to update it. Uh, I'm probably going to probably upload each season would probably be better because i have three seasons almost going to the fourth season for the podcast whoa how many how many episodes per season and congratulations bro going strong kiddo that's good uh my count for season as i make it like an anime season so the anime season is typically you know, 25 weeks to 50 weeks, depending on how many episodes goes on. Okay. So I kind of standard my, uh, based on the like, an anime season. So every new season, every 50 episodes is my new season. So I'm at about, I'm going to be posting another episode today. So that'll be 133 episodes. Woo! Awesome, bro. Amazing. That, that's a big accomplishment. You know what I mean? It keep to keep chugging along, 
you know, and, and doing your thing. That's a lot of episodes. So awesome, bro. But a big congrats yeah. on that, bro. That, that's an awesome achievement. I probably have like 15 to 20 on backlog waiting to be uploaded. Already Whoa. edited for my sound editor. And has uh, graphic design from the cover art. So, yeah. Oh, man. So talk about this, the release schedule and where we could hear the show. Okay, so the release schedule that I'm trying to do right now, so I'm implementing active days of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday as four potential days to upload. Okay. And right now the plan is to upload two days a week depending on, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, the days to look for notifications depending on my schedule because I also work a full-time job. So will this be exclusive to YouTube, your shows? Um, I post on the website, and I, I okay. usually am posting on the podcast directories first. Okay. The YouTube is on backlog, so it's it's going to take a while to catch up on the YouTube scene. Gotcha. Um, if I exclusively went on YouTube when I first began. Then I'll be on YouTube as like the main platform with Spotify, with Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcast. So it was kind of like I'm backtracking with YouTube. <laughs> yeah. So Understood. yeah, definitely. Like, you got to use the power of your website. Listen, you got to use the power of your website. I tell that to everybody because once you have a website, that's actually your brand. No one could tell you what content you could put on your website. You know, so. You know, it's your content, which is controlled by you. Totally independent, you know, vidcasting, podcasting, a salute to you for taking that route. You know what I mean? That's a good route to take, yeah. though, because, you know, if, if you plan correctly just on the traffic alone from the website, you could probably make incredible, incredible revenue. Yeah. And before I actually had the website relaunched, well, before I actually launched an official website, I was using my Facebook page. As the for the temporary website, okay. Um, when I first and, was planning the podcast, it's like, ah, I only have a Facebook page and it only has like 700 likes, so eh, I guess I can use this as a website. I wasn't really like, <laughs> yeah, thinking nah. of when I was doing the blog. When I actually did the blog, I actually had an official blogging website, yeah, so. But it feels nice to have it. You know, I post on the website, then I post on the RSS feed, then my social media. And then that's how I now it's like maybe seven. That's it. That's okay. all I had to worry about. It's really yeah, easy. Right. So. There you go. There you go. Like, see, folks, how, see, make it easy. So what tools did you find? You know, uh, that were easy that, that that changed the game for you and allowed you to step up your game and actually not work as hard. You know, work smarter, not harder, they say, right? <laughs> uh, there's a combination of things, actually. So planning ahead, recording, doing pre-recording, because podcasts, you have a good, you have an option to do pre-recording. You don't have to always go live. Mm -hmm. So that was another feature. If you want to plan ahead, you can have the recording. And then with that recording, you can get it, you can plan, you know, get it edited. 
have time to prep it, you know, go through it and make sure it looks right. So when yeah. you present it, you have it a, a good piece to present to the audience that's engaging, and, you know, trim down on parts or, you know, have a raw version with just some music in the background. So that works yeah. well. Uh, live stream definitely have four talking points. The way I work my podcast is I have, okay, so we're talking about how to find a hobby, okay? You find a community, you collect, you need to have a budget because you don't want to overspend, and you also need to be able to identify what you want to add to your collection to expand that collection. So when you do that, you want to have four different talking points to go on So when you're on topic. You stay on topic because you prevent the tangent Long conversation yeah. instead of the like, rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, the rabbit holes did to like throw people out and yeah. lose focus and engagement. I, I, I agree. So the man. talking point allows the rabbit holes to be less and go back yes. on topic. You hear this, folks? That's real instruction on how you manage and you know the the flow of the show and the conversation. Real talk. And I like how you said that because today I was looking up some Megatrons to add to my collection and. I think I found the perfect one from NDX, 50 points of articulation. You know, it's like a 7.04 uh, uh, inches. It, it has it's metal, die cast metal parts in it and all. So I'm like, okay, I think this is the Megatron I need on myself next. See, I, I don't know if you can see my background, not too closely, but, you know, I'm obsessed too. <laughs> so I need to listen oh, to yeah. how, how I could keep it on a budget, bro. Uh, yeah, how to do a budget is definitely important for a hobby, especially for collecting as a hobby. Yes, man. Uh, you can nice. overspend very quickly and not realize it, and then you let, like, for instance, when, when I started Yu-Gi-Oh!, I just bought any deck that I thought was cool. Little okay. did I know, it went to a, uh, a rabbit hole of more money than I wanted to spend. <laughs> and like at the casino, right? You, you just can't stop, you know? Oh, oh my yeah, God. I, I get it, I, man. You know, collecting is, is an addiction. Being a blackjack dealer, you know, for private hey, events are? is kind of fun oh, too because you get to see, <laughs> uh, you get to see how people spend the money with fake money. It's like, yeah. oh, it's just fake money. I would not do this at a real casino yeah. mentality. Oh man, and you're there. Like that's how I am in real life with my collectibles. Jesus Christ, should I stop? Right, you're probably thinking that you're being like, God damn, do I look like this crazy? <laughs> I listen, bro. I, I'm hooked. This is my shit. But it, it's all good. We we love our fans, brother. So before we go, brother, what would you tell someone, man, trying to build the channel, trying to build up like you are? And folks, you know, before you even answer that, you see, folks, I've been sharing these awesome links below. So please follow my friend right here, yo. You know, he's, he's an honorary crusader now too, man. He's out there sharing positivity and goodness in the world of anime. You know what I mean? So mcanimepodcast.com. Check out the website. Stay tuned to everything he's doing. And all his socials, just go to the link uh, tree, MC Anime. The link is below. So you go ahead and click away. Show the love. Show the love. So amazing independent podcasters that are bringing you awesome content you know what i mean so go ahead brother answer that question bro and if you want a short version instead of typing the website type in mc anime podcast all my seo comes up in the google search inquiry and then if you also type in link tree mc anime 
that also comes up as well. So those are some shortcuts to actually in the SEO that you can do yourself and just type it in instead of basically just take the easy way in to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so what would you tell somebody trying to step into the game today? Um, I would tell them first, you need to identify what you're doing. So if you're doing a podcast, you need to be on the major platforms. That's Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube. You also have to be active on the social, the main social media. This is like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Reddit is a good option. Pinterest is a good option. TikTok is okay, but it's not necessarily the best platform if you don't want to be on it. Gotcha. gotcha. So you need to have the active social media for, to get new listeners. And also, if you don't have a website, try to manipulate a website in the future in your branding process so you have that website to share as well. Yes, yes. I think that the, the website is actually one of the main key points and, and real power points you know, that you'll have in your arsenal as a content creator. Because when you own your site, you know, now again, you really do have a real freedom of speech, if you will. Because it is your site. Who's going to block you? Who's going to pull yeah. your content? It belongs to you. You feel me? So that's what yeah. Social really media is only gonna. It's only a temporary website. So keep that in mind. Yeah, Unless you're yours. an artist, you only need an Instagram. So IG is the only thing you need. But well, you're not. I if mean, you're not I, an artist, you want to I would podcast. counter that. I would say Twitter is great too because for comic books at the yeah. very least, it has one of the most wonderful comic book communities. That at the end of the day, when you really do ignore all the bullshit. Like you're yeah. able to get the black button yeah. people and the mute button of, of certain keywords, you know, is your friend. So if you want to have a good experience, know how to experience it. That's all. Every social media has yeah, good and bad at the end of the day. Website. Twitter is good for the updates. It's the it's Twitter's best for the update content. Uh, Instagram is better for the personal content or you know story content. Facebook is just. That. For the news content, Facebook is Facebook. Facebook is new, Twitter's <laughs> update, and then Instagram is either personal content or story content, short yeah. content. Yeah, I gotta use. So that's how I did my business. I gotta do a bit more. I'm over over the Twitters and you know and, and the YouTubes and doing stuff like that. That's, that's kind of the stuff I, I I'm into, but I definitely gotta keep expanding. And YouTube and is more long length content too. So if you want to do long length content, YouTube is your best friend. With that oh, as well, I, I, absolutely, man. But but Twitter got into it last night. Apparently, Elon tried one of the lowest <laughs> long form streams and he looked like 8 bit Elon last night. I was dying, it was hysterical. But listen, but I mean, they, they're trying to help content creators, you know. So, so you know, close yeah. to them. So, you know, I'm not going to argue with that. Anything's going to help help us in the community to, to, you know, make a little bit of revenue doing what we love. Why not? So, with that, Mason, thank you so much again, folks. All the links are below. Follow my homie here, especially your anime. He's going to keep you on your, your one and twos right there. Letting you know what's popping in that universe and that culture and with some awesome history. All right? So make sure to check it out. Mason, thank you again for your time. Hasta la próxima, mi gente. Much love. Whippa! Thank you for listening to the Comic Crusaders podcast. If you like the content, please subscribe and turn on notifications. 
Also, please visit ComicCrusaders.com and our extended podcast family over at UndercoverCapes.com. And also, make sure to download the Comic Crusaders app on the Google Play Store today.